This is Tim Bryan, pastor of Lifeway Apostolic Church, and this is our podcast. Thank you for joining us today. My prayer is that this message will inspire, build your faith, and draw you closer to Jesus Christ. Enjoy this message. Amen. I'm really thrilled and happy to bring to this pulpit tonight to teach. Brother Mike Hornbeck is going to come and deliver the word of the Lord here tonight. Somebody say amen. I love him. I love this family. And how many is ready to receive something from the word of God? Amen. Let's receive together in Jesus' name. Praise the Lord, everybody. Isn't it good to be in the house of the Lord? This is the best thing going. I think I've said that before. I'll probably say it again because it's true. <laughs> so thankful for the love of God. So thankful that God sees enough in me to speak to me. I got people who won't say one word to me. But God, no matter what, no matter what, if you're listening, he will speak to you. So let's open our ears tonight. I'm going to open my ears because I know that every time I'm up behind a, a podium and I teach the word of God, I speak to myself just as much as anyone else. God's downloaded this into my heart, but it, it, it does you good to just rehash uh, what God has spoken into your life and to keep it fresh upon your mind so that in the time of need, um, it'll come to you and it will minister to you again because there's more to this word than we will ever discover. God's, God is infinite, and uh, I'm thankful to know him tonight. Um, I'm going to turn to, if you all want to turn to Revelation chapter 2. Uh, I guess I want to start just by, uh, you know, some, some preachers don't want to be honest about what they're preaching and how it applies to them because it can put them in a negative light. <laughs> I have nothing to hide. Um, I'm not going to go into all the details, but <laughs> let's just say 2019 was a heavy year for, uh, for me and I know other members of my family. Uh, experienced some things I've yet to experience, some of the heaviest things I've ever experienced. And life has a way of just weighing down on you, causing you to drag your feet. And uh, I feel like I've dug some pretty deep ruts behind me. But when we go through things, that leaves a path for someone else to follow. And uh, they can know that they can make it too. So... I uh, found myself in a place where 
life had kind of weighed down on my relationship with God as well. Um, not that I backslid uh, or anything like that or thought, you know, too many evil thoughts. <laughs> but uh, just playing with you. But, um, but I, I'll tell you what, it, it did, it did, it did have an effect on my relationship with God. Thankfully, I'm uh, on the up and up, and we're, uh, we're finding it all, getting back to it again. So uh, let's start with verse number one, and we're going to go to verse number seven. And to the angel of the church of Ephesus write, These things saith he that holdeth the seven stars in his right hand, who walketh in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks. I know thy works, and thy labor, and thy patience, and how thou canst not bear them which are evil, and thou hast tried them which say they are apostles and are not, and hast found them liars, and hast borne and hast patience, and for my name's sake has labored and has not fainted. Nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee, because thou hast left thy first love. Remember, therefore, from whence thou art fallen, and repent. And do the first works, or else I will come unto thee quickly and will remove thy candlestick out of, its, out of his place, except thou repent. But this thou hast, that thou hatest the deeds of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. To him that overcometh will I give to eat of the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. I want to make sure I keep an eye on the time because we have a business meeting. So I'm going to try to make this real quick for you. In verse 2, it talks about um, all of the things that the church of Ephesus was doing. And these were things that they were doing right. These were good things that they were doing. Uh, he said, I know thy works. Um, and thy labor. Uh, God notices what we do. He recognizes the work that we do for him. It doesn't go unnoticed. Sometimes we feel unappreciated. Sometimes we feel undervalued. Uh, when we think we're doing, we're doing everything we can possibly do. And anybody with kids knows this feeling. Especially teenagers. We know how it feels to be underappreciated. Um, now, some some people's kids are perfect, and you know they they're very polite and thankful and kind. <laughs> That's my point. So um, <laughs> sometimes we even feel like our adult family or friends or whoever uh, we have relationships with. We feel that way sometimes. Uh, but we need to remember who we're serving. Jesus said, if you've done it unto the least of these, you've done it unto me. So when I serve somebody, when I do good works for somebody, I'm doing it to him. I'm not trying to bring glory to myself. 
I'm trying to bring glory to God. So let's remember who we're glorifying. I want to turn to Hebrews chapter 6. For sake of speed, I'm going to use my phone Bible. Um, Hebrews 6 and verse 10. It says, For God is not unrighteous to forget your work and labor of love, which ye have showed toward his name, in that ye have ministered to the saints and do minister. So, he's not unrighteous to forget our works. He sees, he sees what we do, and I am sure that he appreciates all that we do. Um, Hebrews 11 and 6 says, But without faith it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. Not those that diligently work for him. Not those that diligently labor for him. But those that seek him. He's, he's seeking someone to seek him. And that word seek in the Greek is, forgive me, my Greek is not very polished. <laughs> Exeteho, which means to search out, to investigate, to inquire, to seek after. We need to investigate God. What does an investigator do? He looks for all the little clues and he tries to put it all together to get the big picture. So the Bible tells us that it's here a little, there a little, right? We need to seek him throughout his word. We can, we can pull together the picture that God is trying to, trying to show us of himself to seek his face. Because you can, when you look into the Word of God, you're looking into the face of God. That's how we recognize Him. When we see Him working around us, when we, when we see things going that a lot of people can't explain, we can say, that's God. And how do we know that? Because His Word says that. We can see God at work in our lives and, and around us. So we need to investigate God. We need to, we need to commit ourselves to inquiring of him, to seek after him. That is what he wants from us. He'll take our labor. He'll take our hard work. He'll take that. But not at the expense of getting to know him. And those of us that are working hard, in verse 3, Hallelujah. Hmm. Preaching to myself, y'all. Telling you. I'm going back to Revelation 2, verse 3. And hast borne, and hast patience, and for my name's sake hast labored and hast not fainted. To do what God has given us to do, 
is going to take perseverance and reliance upon him. God never gives us a task that is smaller than ourselves. His word challenges us left and right and, and asks us to take on the heaviest of tasks. How about forgiveness? Hmm. That's, that's a big one. Um, he's asking us to pray for those who spitefully use us, to love those who hurt us and who offend us. And that's something in the house of God that we need to be able to come to. But we can't do it on our own. That's for sure. We can't do those things on our own. Only when we labor in his strength can we avoid complete weariness. Where do we get this strength from? How do we get a hold of this strength? We seek after him. We have a relationship with him. In verse 4, it says, Nevertheless, done all these great things, you're boom. You guys are dynamite. You're, you're getting it done. Got all this going for you. But nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee, because thou hast left thy first love. Man, you can be doing everything else right. But if we're not loving God like he requires us to love him, what do you say if you love me, keep my commandments? We've been talking, pastors preached that here recently. We need to get back to our first love. People in Ephesus were busy for him, but not obedient to him. He created us for an intimate relationship with him. And without a show of hands, how many of us can say that we have an intimate relationship with him? It should be our top priority before anything else. There's a lot of work to be done around here in a church of, of this age. There's a lot of work to be done, and we're seeing that. We're going to hear more about that later. A lot of things we can be doing and be involved in. But serving the Lord must be out of obedience, not just out of fear of hell, not just out of fear of, of looking bad to everybody else. Like I said, we're not glorifying ourselves in this. But it's got to be out of a love for him. I don't want to serve God out of, just out of duty. It is my duty because he died for me. He died for me, so I have to live for him. But serving must never replace loving him. Going down to verse 5. Remember. Remember. Can we remember when we first came to him? 
That old song says, take me back, take me back, dear Lord, to the place where I first received you. Take me back, take me back, dear Lord, where I first believed. Do you remember? I thought to have everybody bow their heads and close their eyes and think back, and you can if you want to. But I remember. And I had to remember that. Here in the not-too-distant past, I had to remember that. You remember? Where, where are you now? Where are we now? How passionately, how fervently do we love him now? How much do we pray? Um, Brother Arnold shared with us before service talking about constantly being in his presence, involving him in our morning, in our afternoon, in our evening, and recognizing his grace before we hit the pillow at night. We need to be constantly communicating with him on the job, at home, when we rise up, when we sit down, when we're walking by the way, <clears throat> is what the word says. We need to involve him in every moment of our life, in every decision of our life. How eager are we to learn, to investigate? How, how much Bible reading do we do? How much are we in his word versus you know, in front of a television or, or on a phone or doing our jobs around the house? That stuff will be there tomorrow. We need to be eager to sit down and learn at his feet. He said to take my yoke upon you and learn of me. My yoke is easy, my burden is light. The world's yoke is heavy. It's heavy. We've heard a lot of preaching on that. Sunday, we heard a really good message concerning that too. But you remember when you loved everybody? When you were first saved? We loved everybody? Everybody? We were excited about this thing, man. It was brand new, and everybody in the church was perfect, man. Holy, friendly. Then we got to know a few of them. <laughs> Went from heavy to light real quick. But I'm telling you, humans are humans are humans. It will always be that way. The Bible says offenses are going to come. Buckle up. Be ready. Make sure your foot's right by the brake pedal because this thing's going to come to a screeching halt at some point and you're going to be faced with something. This church is a family. We can't forget that. People think a church is just a place where a bunch of other people go that are doing the same thing and that's all there is to it. We all have our own lives outside of church. 
We have our baseball for our kids or soccer or, you know, whatever other activities we have outside of church. And we all just do our own thing. And then on Sunday, we come together. We all worship each other, shake a few hands, say, hey, how you been? How's the wife and kids? And we leave and that's it. We're a family. We are the family of God. We need to remember that and never forget that. Somebody, your brother's going to take you off. Did, did you just communicate your brother when you were kids, when you got into a fist fight or got mad at each other? Y'all still live together, right? Yeah? You probably ignored him for a while, right? We're brothers and sisters. Don't forget that. I don't care what they do to you. I don't care what they said. I don't care how they treated you. We're to love each other and forgive one another. You remember back when you would witness unashamedly? Do you remember when you were so excited about what you just experienced that you had to tell everybody you knew? I don't remember how many people I told after I got baptized. <clears throat> of course, I was raised in this from age two, so um, at that time I didn't have a lot of friends in the world, but I told everybody that I knew I've been baptized, got the Holy Ghost, and I was excited about it, and I was unashamed about it. I remember witnessing to a lady at work. She'd always say, you're one of those Pentecostals, aren't you? You're one of those. I was like, yes, ma'am, I am. I do it all the time. It's awesome. You ought to try it. Well, she ended up doing it. <laughs> because I witnessed to her. I was unashamed. She was searching for something, y'all. That was a front. She, really what she's saying is, you got to tell me about this because this is really cool. So I told her a little bit about it, and her, her uh, sister who had cancer ended up coming and being baptized and brought her with her. Her sister who had never even met me got her to come to my church, and she ended up getting the Holy Ghost. So I was thankful for that. So... But we were unashamed. We were happy. We had joy in our life because we just discovered a relationship above all other relationships. Where are we now? The lampstand represents the church. And us saints are the light of the lampstand. He said, unless ye repent, I will come quickly and remove your lampstand. Some, some versions interpret it from, from the midst of the churches, from among the churches. I'm going to remove, your church is going to come to naught. You're not going to, you're, Trust me, I've been and even preached at some dead, dry churches full of, and no offense to elderly, but they're full of, it's full of elderly people, and they've gotten set in their ways and forgot their first love. They've been in this thing for eon, and they don't have a spark enough to start anything. 
and their church is dying. They're waiting for everybody to die off. They've been presented, listen, the leadership presented with an outreach effort. Hey, we wanna, we wanna do thanks, we wanna do a Thanksgiving meal. Small town. We wanna go to the community, local community center. We wanna, we wanna do a Thanksgiving dinner. We wanna reach out to the people here so we can get some people coming to church. Nope. Say what? They have the money. But they lost their first love. And there are people in that church that are suffering because they want, they're the remnant. They want to do something for the Lord. And they want to, they want to carry on the work of the Lord. Nope. I'm going to hurry up here real quick. Uh, Ephesians 5, 8. For ye were sometimes darkness, but now are ye light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. Matthew 5, 14. Ye are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Where does this light come from? Where's the fuel? If you think in, in terms of the old lighting systems, I remember oil lamps around our house when I was a kid. We used them a lot, saved electricity. So we were poor. So oil, where does that oil come from? Where does that fuel come from? It comes from an intimate relationship. That purposeful seeking the Lord. I'm going to give you a quick story. Here a while back, having an exceptionally heavy time in my life, and uh, I went to the house of the Lord. I was kind of frustrated, upset. And I decided I was going to come to church, and I was going to sit in the chair, and I wasn't going to worship. How stupid was I? Service went on, good music, good preaching. Got in my car Monday morning, heading to work, complaining and fretting and worrying, fearing. And I got, I got chided. The Lord speaks to me through my own mouth. Y'all, sitting in the car, well, that's a good thought. Oh, yeah, I'm preaching. Preaching. Hey, dummy, that's for you. Pretty good thought, huh? Well, I'm telling you, these, these words just came into my mind and I began to speak them with, it came out with authority. How arrogant are you? How arrogant are you? You come to my house and you don't bring an offering. What are you thinking? You know who I am. And I'm telling you, a holy terror came over me. Like, I'm in my spirit. I'm driving. I'm like, God, I'd fall on my face right now, but it's not a good time. 
But no, I kid you not. And, and it came forcefully from my own mouth. You come to my house without an offering. I am the creator of the universe. I am the almighty God without whom you would not even exist. How dare you come into my presence? I show up for you and you ignore me. Oh, I threw up a hand. I, I did enough to, you know, not be thought that, you know, something really bad's happening or wrong. But that don't mean anything. That's a show. We don't come into that. People say, well, we just come to church and fake it till you make it. Baloney. You better genuinely bring an offering of thanksgiving before God because he commands it. He commands it. He doesn't, he doesn't say if you feel bad or if things aren't just going your way, you can come in, take a, you know, just rest and, you know, you don't have to put forth any physical effort or say anything. No. It's enter his, his gates with thanksgiving. Come into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. For the Lord is good. He's good no matter what I'm going through. So, this is the point we can come to. If we forget where we came from, if we forget the passion and the desire we had in the beginning, if we lose that, we become so busy in working and doing. You can just stop all of that. We need people in here, in this church, where we're headed. We need people that are in love with Christ. We need people whose relationship is on fire for him. How are we going to minister? I mean, like I said, we can become one of those churches. We can just come in and pay our tithe and offering and go through the motions and, and do what's given us to do. But it doesn't mean anything, and it ain't going to affect anybody unless our hearts are right. So let's leave this place tonight. We're going to hear some good news. We're going to, we're, we're wanting to move forward. But that all doesn't mean anything. Property, building, none of that means nothing if this church is not in love with Jesus Christ. That's where everything comes from. So let's leave this place, no matter the outcome of tonight's meeting or vote or whatever. Let's go out of here and purpose to fall in love with Jesus all over again and get that fire back in us so that we can be effective in this community. Thank you for listening to today's message. If you like what you've heard, please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. If you would like to know more information about our church, please check us out on Facebook at Lifeway Apostolic Church. May God richly bless you.